0: Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's get started. Straight from New York, yo, yo, this handsome ass, yo, yo. Ah, now, well, tuned here. in to Al the Funk Master. Watch your grill yoga knocked out cold fast and talking shit. Now we talking facts. With the mountain off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about a double. This the weekly scraps. You don't need a map, GPS, I'm right here to lead the dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease, seas. Planet, fuck a name and a fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, uh, it ain't shit, it ain't Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> What's up guys, welcome back to the Weekly Scraps, this is our year end episode, <sighs> my heart, December 30th, we are right around the corner from... 2023 and I'm super excited for the new year. I don't know about you guys. I hope you're excited. I hope there's a lot of good things coming your way. If not, I hope you got a lot of goals that you wrote out to give yourself some extra motivation to start the year. But remember, motivation isn't anything unless you have consistency. Motivation comes and motivation goes. Easy. You can watch a video, feel inspired, feel all this motivation in the world and go Get on your phone Play some video games Or get on social media apps All over again And that motivation is gone Gotta be consistent Get up Do things Constantly Over and over And over Till it is Habitual A habit That you just Always wanna do And it takes a couple days a Couple weeks Before that becomes A habit You know So you gotta break Those old ways And again It's all about Holding yourself Accountable Being consistent And good things Will come your way But it starts Today or Tomorrow, or whenever the hell you want to start, but if you want to make these changes, you got to go after it and really put your best foot forward, you know. Um, I want to say shout out to Boost Mobile, thank you for sponsoring this episode's podcast. Boost Mobile team, thank you for this new phone as well. Super dope! Uh, it is a Samsung 22 Plus. I haven't got too familiar with it yet, I played around with it a little bit. I'm still trying to understand the features of Android because I've always been team iPhone, but either way, I'm gonna give it a shot, see what they got. And um, obviously, it's an Android phone. They don't make the Android phones. They are a service carrier. And with that being said, power to save, power to choose, unlimited texts and talk, no contracts, great plans for any budget, free shipping, and America's largest 5G networks, Boost Mobile. Go check those guys out. I don't have a promo code or anything like that, but shout out to these guys for allowing me to join the family. And I can't wait to see where this partnership goes. All right, so we're going to get into it. First thing I want to touch on is, obviously, I didn't get... I don't know if I got to talk about this. I think this is the first podcast back, man, because I've been traveling so much, and it's been pretty hectic. But just want to say shout-out to everyone in Jamaica who made this very possible, 876 for me to get down there, volunteer group that helped organize everything. Julia and Kyle Chin, they were... Nothing short of amazing and such a short turnaround time for them to make these connections and hustle to get it done in terms of the um, the media stuff that we did, the media run. Then get in touch with the charities that we went to, um, Maxville Park, and then we also went to Jamaica's National Children's Home, which was really cool. So those are definitely some charities that you guys will see in the vlog that you can reach out to and make some monetary support or even close things like that cuz there's a lot of things that they need and that's one of the things I did. I didn't just give money. I went down there to see it firsthand and with that being said, um we were able to buy food there locally. So putting money in the pockets of the locals and then on top of that bringing the food to these two charities and making sure that they had um somewhat of a better holiday, so to speak, you know? And you don't it doesn't need to be overly overbearing, where it's something that is outrageous for you to do, you know, and for me, this is just a start. I'm hoping that we can get more people involved, and I think people will get involved after seeing some of the great work that they're doing at their facilities with these kids and the lack of resources, you know, and that's what it comes down to, having more resources so you can do these things um, for not just you, but for the students that are living there and taking care of them who are displaced, don't have a home or have learning disabilities Or have disabilities physically um they they take a lot of the burden off of these children and make it easier for them to live so to speak in a day-to-day life so um shout out to those guys what's up valentina again thanks for bringing us in and allowing us to come to your facility and See the great work that you guys do. Um, definitely check out the vlog, guys. I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of eye-opening things. And, of course, a lot of the fun and cool stuff that we've done as well, like Blue Hole, um, riding horses, going to the beach, um, jumping into different oceans from Kingston, jumping in the oceans of Ochi and over on the other side of uh, Negril, the training. So, definitely, if you have not checked out the vlog, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of things that uh, most people don't know about Jamaica other than the resorts. So, check that out. Get a little behind-the-scenes look. You can see me meeting my family for the first time down there, going to their plaza, getting some food, um, spending money in their in their community, in their restaurant, so that, you know, the money's going to uh, a familiar... I don't want to say familiar, but a place that's um, in the family, so to speak. You know how people try to say they spend money within the circle before they let it go elsewhere? So, yeah, I could buy food anywhere down there, but going to their plaza, being able to spend money there, help them out. Um, and even treated them to some lunches as well, you know? So fortunately for us in the States, people see us as more. Um, I, I I don't want to even say like, we have a lot more money, but the resources that we have here in terms of work, um, Items, infrastructure, I think we just have a lot more going for us here in the States. So when you go there, spending the money locally, for me, it goes, it goes a very long way. And I think it's very important not to just be at a resort the entire time. And don't get me wrong, those people make their money, they make their tips on a daily basis. But to go out into this, to local communities and spend money there, I think that helps out a lot more for the people on the island. So I'm telling you guys, watch the vlogs, you guys are going to be... I think, um, I don't say impressed, but I think you guys will have a better understanding of what it's like to live in some of these other countries. And um, I I think it's really cool. So hopefully, you guys get some of that um, feelings that I was getting when I was down there. You know, and I can't wait to go back and hopefully be a part of those charities, hopefully, be a part of my family's lives a little bit more and um, get to know them a little bit more. Obviously, I'm of age, I know I do something that's very popular and polarized, so they might be looking at me like... Pe- or people might be thinking like, oh, be careful, your family might be looking at you as a lick, or be careful if your family might be looking at you like you're just a, a walk-in dollar sign. And uh, don't get me wrong, like, of course, I've definitely had those thoughts go through my mind. That would be naive and ignorant if I didn't. You know, you always got to play devil's advocate. Um, but again, I know what the culture is down there, so if not them, it would be somebody else asking... Um and for me it's not them asking, it's me trying to figure out a way to integrate them into my life style when I'm down there so that I can pay for services and have them help us do certain things. So it's like money earned instead of just, yeah, I'm just giving out money, he's just giving out money. Like no one wants to feel like that, you know. So it's more it feels more more homey and more like uh you feel better at heart and more your mental than um just coming out just handing out money left and right you know so um that was really cool so if you need a driver definitely hit me up because i got a driver down there in ochi i got a driver down there in um in uh like the kingston area he lives in portmore which is my brother and then we have my my um cousin that lives up in ochi we have a couple drivers they have some buses and stuff like that so if you need local drivers like i said you want someone that could be your private driver you can hire these guys for the day And again, it goes such a long way. So I don't want to keep just telling you guys about this. Just go watch the vlogs. Enjoy it. And if you have any questions, leave the comments. And um, I'll be sure to jump in the comments for that one. So let's go. Um, Next up, I have uh, Christmas in Dallas with the Cruz family. Going down there, first time. Normally, Becca's family does Christmas in New York and... I always pop by, uh, we'd open gifts and everything, but this time around, we decided to go hang out with her family down in Texas, who just moved there, their first Christmas in Texas as well, Um, her sister-in-law, the kids, so it it was overall a great time, Um, I got to meet a lot of her family outside of the brother, and their, what would you call, I guess, their nephew would be for me my nephew in law <laughs> something like that so we got to meet them got to meet the cousins uh the first cousins and they they have a very big extended family it's not like my family where it's all siblings it's they have a lot of cousins cousins on cousins and cousins of cousins aunts uncles um all over so it was cool to kind of meet everybody go through their way of tradition and things and how they prepare food how they bring in the the Christmas year and it was fun we had a great time got some good food uh we also went out to Elchingon thank out uh, thank you to um shout out Kevin for setting us up at Elchingon that was a, a great time the family had a good time and uh to get Rebecca's brother out because they just had their second their second child so. Life's been a little bit more busy for them. So for him to get out and actually be able to, um, I don't say enjoy life, but to let loose a little bit, you know, get his dancing shoes on. I think he had a great time. His good friend, we had some good heart-to-heart conversations. I would love to get his friend on to explain to us the Texas that we hear about from like a black community and Hispanic community, um, his upbringing was very, very different, and I'm honestly very impressed that he is as open as he is now, and I don't know why, I don't know how he was able to kind of break that mindset, and there's places in Texas that's not Fort Worth, that's not Dallas, that's not Arlington, it's not Grand Perry, it's not like these places that are a little bit more diverse, it's places that like people don't leave their small towns and I don't want to say it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's like, um, it's like the 18, almost like the 1800s. I mean, maybe I'm guessing, maybe like the 1900s for them, like the early 1900s. So again, when it comes to these stories, if you were to actually listen to him and he opened up, I was really shocked that he was even able to like emotionally and mentally talk about some of these things. And um, he didn't go into crazy detail, but he explained to us some of the stuff that would go on and it's um it's eye opening that even now till this day, bro, that people are still living like that. And they're just uncultured, unexposed to what's going on in the modern day, more civilized and more diverse um parts of the world today, in the US especially. So when people try to say like those things don't exist and People don't treat people like that. Dude, there's still a lot of towns that are like lynching areas. So, guys, don't take my word for it. You can take the guy's word for it who, like I said, was born and raised in it and somehow broke the cycle. Almost, I don't want to say best friends, but really good friends of Abe's. He knows his parents, helps them out, and uh, his mom was a teacher. His mom helped him get integrated more into a more diverse Society. So again, what he was taught from his like friends, families, his uncle, cousins, and stuff like that—the fact that he's so different—is mind blowing to me, and it does show me that there is hope that people can change, and that people—and I'm not saying he was like that—but um, that you can change people because he did learn one certain way, one certain way of life, and then <clears throat> as he progressed through life, as we all do his experiences taught him that this isn't right, you know? So I don't know what he's done, you know? I can't touch on that because we didn't get into all that, and I didn't really want to, to be honest. But the fact that he was able to just understand, like, what we go through as a people and how people can – and I even said to him, I was like, it's still fascinating to me that people can, like, look at you and think that they're better because their skin – tone makes no sense to me it's like do you use the bathroom differently than I do do you put your pants on differently than I do do you eat your food differently than I do if you cut me and I cut you do we not bleed the same thing you know um do we not speak the same language so what makes you feel that you have some superiority over anybody And I said this to him, and I'm like, and I'm not saying it to him, like, oh, how do you feel this way? I'm saying to him, I'm still mind blown that people can think like that in this day and age. Like, how, if we had a contest in anything and I could dust you up in anything, how can you possibly think that? And I'm not saying we would win everything as like black folks, Hispanic folks, but if we had contests and it was going back and forth, it's just like, If the playing field is even, you win at some things, I win at some things. It's like, how on earth could you think that you are better than somebody else? Like, how? You know? And I think that should make you open your eyes and go, huh, maybe there is something to this nonsense way of the way we were grown up and the way that we're taught to think and realize, like, hey, man, like, these people are people just like us. You know, so... uh, That was a tough ending to the night after Elchin going, being lit and coming home and talking about that. We spoke for like an hour, and I was like, dude, I got to go to bed. I could talk about this for the next three hours, but it's 4 o'clock in the morning, almost 4 o'clock in the morning. It was like 3.30. I think we all can say that we should probably get some rest after a a good night of drinking and bonding and things like that. So shout out to, I don't want to say his name. I I don't know if I did already, but shout out. Yeah, I can say his name. Shout out. Let me not say his name again. Did I say his name? I have no idea. I'm going to have to go back and check. But I don't want him to put him on the radar for nobody or anything like that. Because I know some people could be odd. But really cool dude. Hopefully my fan base isn't like that. But really cool dude. And um, he'll be around for a while. And we'll be friends. Next. So this is like something. I don't know about anybody else. But the whole standby thing. I fly standby. My cousin works for Delta. So I, I fly on his companion pass. Um, so if you have like friends in the airline, sometimes they can give this thing called a companion pass or a buddy pass to like friends, family, um, domestic partners, and then you can fly and you fly for free, but you can only fly when there are seats on the plane because of Southwest. And I like Southwest, but guys, the fact that you cancel so many flights and I don't know why, maybe these people didn't want to show up for work. Um, there's a strike going on. I have no idea. But I do know people had places to go and they could not go. And a lot of the standbys were crushed. And even regular people who had revenue flights, meaning they pay for the flights. I'm a non-rev. So being that I'm a non-rev, I don't have a seat. I got to wait for my seat. And the revs who pay for the seats, because of all the cancellations, people were buying flights. And then I don't know why airlines do this, but they become oversold. If you don't have the seats for the plane, why are you still selling tickets? Why are you still selling tickets? I don't get it. I don't never ever get it. How can you be oversold on a flight by ten, and then you have to start giving out vouchers and saying, "Hey, we're offering five hundred dollars, seven hundred, dollars thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars in a gift card. You can get your seat paid for, and we'll put you on the next flight if you can have flexible travel accommodations." That's cool and all, but at the same time, it's like. Damn, dude, what are you guys doing? How are you guys overselling these flights by this much? Um, There should be, like, some type of system that stops it. Or maybe they give out a certain amount of flights to certain carriers, and then it takes a while for it to come back internally for them to be like, oh, 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 we oversold. With that being said, a lot of canceled flights. Man, I I was about to get stuck in Detroit. So being that I got stuck in Detroit, there was two flights left, 825 and 835. One to Las Vegas. And one, this is on Tuesday, and one to, um, what's the other one? Uh, oh, San Diego. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, if I could just get out of Detroit, where it is cold, i will be so happy if I could just go home to Vegas, or I'd be so happy if I could just go to San Diego and, I don't know, go hang out at Elche, go in San Diego. The other one was in Dallas. This one's in, in San Diego. So uh, I end up getting on the San Diego flight, and mind you, San Diego flight is gate A70. Las Vegas gate is A18, which is all the way down. If you're familiar with Detroit, it's all the way on the other side. You got to get the air tram, and uh, it's, like, two stops down. And they come every four minutes. So it's not very often that these trains come in. And I'm sitting there waiting. I asked the guy, like, am I going to get on this flight? He's like, it's payload optimized. You're probably not. There are some seats, but then we're a little bit oversold. and then." And so I'm just like, he's like, you're better off trying Vegas. <sighs> bro, my stress levels. So I go, okay. I go up to the tram and I go, something tells me, it's like, bro, if you go down to the Vegas tram right now, there are 10 minutes after this flight, you're screwed. So I waited, I went back down, waited at the gate. He was like, oh, you're not going to try Las Vegas. I was like, dude, I, something tells me to just wait because if I don't get on this one, they're probably going to be stuck trying to figure everything out there with seats so maybe i'll buy some time and i could get there on the train like at the very last second to see if there are any seats and then you could even call and be like hey man we got to stand by if there's seats he's going to come down if you call his name they could do that for you if they want to i know it's very busy hectic you know i don't want them to do the most but you know if you could help a brother out help a brother out somehow some way one seat was available, and I was the last guy to get on this flight to San Diego. Thank goodness. And with that being said, it helped me go to San Diego, Um and I went out. Elch going, I probably drank a little more than I should because i been I was cramping nonstop, and I hit up Dominic Cruz in the morning. And dude, I don't know how I know my phone. I turn off notifications. I don't get notifications because I know if I get them, it's gonna be like lighting up nonstop, DMs, 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 DMs for messages from just people. So, somehow, he saw my DM asking him about training, and it was the same day, and he was able to coordinate stuff with me, um, for me, Jeremy Stevens, and another guy named Hussein, who's a Chechenian grappler, really tough grappler, fights at 135 as well, undefeated prospect, um, Dom was saying. So, Dom actually had staff on his foot. He couldn't actually train, um, so he gave me a call we organized training i was like dude i I love to come down and again when i'm in vegas if you guys want to come down and get some work in i don't think there's any chance that we're going to fight each other at this point in our careers and i always said like if i'm not going to fight the legends i would like to train with them and learn from them that's the way i think you you grow and i think um uh what yeah i guess just grow that's the way you grow i think you know learning from the ogs of the game so to speak so with that being said, um got some really good work in with Jeremy, really good work in with Hussein. And Dom said this is a guy he mostly grapples with. And he was coaching through, like, the positions and stuff like that, asking me, like, what I want to do. He brought me a Pedalite. Um, very hands-on approach. I thought it was very cool because I could see how he, and why he's so good at the broadcast because he breaks down the situations. We are talking Sayuto, we are talking like my injuries um, that I'm still currently dealing with. And um, I even told him like afterwards, I was like, dude, I, th- I think you should consider coaching. I think you'd be a very, very good coach. So now we got Mighty Mouse and Henry Sayuto. We got Dominic Cruz and Aljamain Sterling. Let's see how this goes, you know. So whenever they come out to Vegas, I even told him, was like, dude, I got a place here. So if you guys need a place to crash. Um, Feel free I don't know if they have a home Out here yet Uh, I think it would make sense Jeremy Stevens, Super down to earth Super chill dude Um, San Diego man I just don't get it I, I, I got LA And then going to San Diego And seeing what the weather is Like How can anyone be upset Living in a place like that It's not even a real place Like I don't even understand Like How can you be upset Living in San Diego The weather is phenomenal And they said during COVID It didn't get crazy like it did in L.A. with all the regulations and stuff. So that sold me when Jeremy and his boy, um, Jimmy, told me that. Um, when they said that, I was like, um, Jimmy from the original, shout out to those guys who gave me a lot of um, fun uh, earth plants to take home. <laughs> so they would explain that to me because I was like, yeah, I would make sure I keep my Vegas houses if I ever did live here. I was like, I can see myself living here. Um Uh, Because that was like, in case another pandemic happens, and I know California got really weird. I don't want, he was like, that was mostly L.A., San Diego. They weren't really like that. They weren't letting, like, getting all crazy and super over the top like L.A. was. I was like, okay, that's reasonable, and that makes me feel better. So at least I know that the people in power won't be, and it could always change, but at least I know if we did get a place there, it would be a little bit more lenient than um, L.A., was during that time period you know so and someone say we're still in a pandemic and i just look at you like (laughs) okay (laughs) okay we're still in a pandemic all right cool (laughs) um but other one other than that really good training so thank you dom and thank you jeremy stevens for taking me in their gym is absolutely gorgeous um victory mma like sauna ice bath you go upstairs there's a cage there's mats you go downstairs. There's weights. There's bags. It's like there's a boxing ring. Very well utilized space. And then the locker room reminds me of Lifetime. Uh, and I don't say maybe like an Exports. Not Lifetime. Lifetime is more upscale. So more maybe more like an Exports. But you still have a feel of like a upper, upper echelon of a MMA gym. And don't take my word for it. Go there. Check it out yourself. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Went in lockers. You went in. It was like going into a locker room with X Sports Fitness. Um, everything wasn't like brand new, but there was very good, uh, obvious upkeep. And uh, I think a gym like that would be a place that I would love to train. And then when you're done training, you could just go to the beach that's literally about a mile away from the gym. Guys, come on. Come on. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, so other than that, we're going to get some more work in, in the future. So that's my story with him. He put us through some different positions. Um, he was picking my brain about some of the stuff that I do well, mostly the back take, and He was kind of talking on that. It's like the way you take the back and being able to control this kid um, and hold on to positions where most people will fall off. So we're talking, we're brainstorming, and I can see the the this, the the wheels turning in his head, and then the wheels are starting to turn in my head, and we're going back and forth. I'm like – I like this guy. I like this guy. I might have talked a little shit in the past, but it was more so out of competitive respect um, or competitive nature that I just wanted to compete against one of the best and uh, one of the forefathers of the sport. So it was never any animosity. Um, Still blocked on Twitter by Dom, though. (laughs) So um, maybe that would never change. I don't know. But we'll see. Um, Conor McGregor, super jack of Lee. I... One of the things, I was kind of, um, like, some of the pictures he's been posting. Oh, Rob Font versus Adrian Giannis. Wait, wait, wait. Conor wait. Um, es lo que es. <laughs> As long as we get to fight, fight is a certified banger that the fans will absolutely appreciate. Es, lo que es. Adrian Giannis just posted this. Wow. Let's go. Let's go it in real time. So you guys get to see this in real time. I'm always on my phone interacting because it's social media. And that's what you're supposed to do. Not too cool for school. Like some people like to act. Um, that's a great freaking fight. Both stand-up guys. Rafan kicks a little bit. Adrian Giannis kicks a little bit. Mostly boxing from both guys. Adrian Giannis tends to like paw and then snipe. Um, where Rafan mostly likes to stick hard jabs one twos down the middle he'll try to find the uppercut from time to time he'll throw those big looping hooks with those he's got big ass paws like his mitts are huge um so i can imagine when Rafon connects that's why he rocks guys the way he does but he has to connect um the one thing i will say he's a little bit slower i think adrian Giannis is going to have the speed advantage in this for sure this is going to come down to durability and i think Giannis has Has shown to be more durable of late. Um, Rafant has gone through those wars with those other guys, but he has taken some beatings in those fights, man. So I have to lean with Adrian Giannis on this one. So this one's going to be a banger. Rafant ranked number seven. Adrian Giannis is going to break into the top 10 after a win like this over a a huge notable name in Rafant. Great matchup. Um, Looking forward to this one. Wow. When is this going to be? Mm, it doesn't say when. Oh, April 8th. Wow. How did I miss that? April 8th. I wonder where that's going to be. Probably the Apex. Ooh, you know, your boy's got to be in the building for that. Going to definitely be watching that one. Banger. Just opened up my phone and see some bangers on my car. Like, come on, bro. You guys can't be doing that to me like that. Um, Let me see. Connor. Yeah, so, so with Connor, I was just saying, I feel like he's been posting a lot of, like, odd pictures lately. Like, the one where he was, like, really close to the... F- I think he might have deleted it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, what is going on with this guy? Only Conor McGregor could post a picture like these awkward selfie-looking things and get away with it because anyone else who did anything like that would get looked at as, like, a creep or weird... But Connor could do whatever the hell Connor wants, right? He's Connor McGregor. Um, it was the one where he was like showing the Rolex and he was like this and cheesing and I was like, dude, what is what am I looking at? Super, I felt uncomfortable looking at that. I think he deleted it. Yeah. Probably a good idea though. Because um, it just looked creepy. And uh maybe he was tuned up a bit. <laughs> maybe. But I'm actually going through his photos right now. But the guy is jacked as ever. i like to know what he's on. Because his arms are ginormous. His head, his chest. He's jacked, bro. (laughs) He's looking like a bodybuilder now. But I can imagine what it feels like to just be jacked and happy. You know, not really cutting weight. Remember, he used to make 145 and how awful he would look. I don't know if you guys remember that era of Conor. But if you go back... And, and then uh you'll see that um he would just look like death. So I, I think when you when you start to look at the weight cutting aspect, and this is leading to that next talking point about Cheeto, Connor would always make the weight, he always show up, he always was bigger, he was for the most part faster, longer, um more powerful with his range, his length It was like he had like the optimal body type For fighting at 145 When you looked at Jose Aldo Who now fights fought at 135 Who was reigning champion for such a long time He beat Max Holloway Even though that was a young Max Who then went on a tear after that You kind of have to remember these things And the sequence of how these things went It's like Conor then goes to 45 He doesn't have the same success He beat Eddie Alvarez Outside of that Who else has he's beaten at 155? I know he went up to 170, he fought Cowboy Cerrone, but then you look at Cerrone, kind of goes a little bit up and down. Um, Cerrone fighting after he had just fought. There's a lot of little nuances that go into the game and that go into the decision making of taking fights. And that's why I, I try to explain that to people. You don't just fight just to fight because you could sometimes put yourself in a bad predicament mentally, physically, you have to analyze the entire game. Conor did that very, very well, picking the right fights at the right time, um, the right opponents, um, uh, the right times for even his weight cut. Even though he was super dialed in with it, but the guy looked horrible whenever he got on the scale, even when he would scream. Um, He would always poker face it, because I know even when I do that, it hurts internally. I'm like, ow, that hurt a little bit, but... It never feels good when you're like that. Your eyes are sunk in. Connor will look sunk in, but he'll make the weight. He'll rehydrate the right way and go out there and put on these crazy, dominant or show stopping performances. And that's how he became Connor McGregor, man, in my personal opinion. I mean, this is the way I analyze the whole thing and the way I see his trajectory and how it all went. And now it brings me to Cheeto because Dom, because uh, Connor always made the weight. And now it goes for me. I always made the weight. So with that being said, I'm looking at Cheeto's talking point of cutting that much weight is cheating me. You're kind of a, of a a a pum if you cut that much weight because you want it to be bigger, stronger. Because I'm trying to read this in his voice because Aljamain Sterling really doesn't hurt nobody, you know. Uh, but maybe he makes you, but he makes you carry his weight, takes you down. I'm 155 pounds in or out of camp. I feel like that's a natural 135 pound, and I'm still thinking I cut a shitload of weight because 20 pounds is a lot. That mother effer weighs like 170, 180 when he's eating effing God knows what. Yeah, you can make the weight, but that's why he's been KO'd unconscious because of the amount of weight he cuts. If you touch him, he might go down. I see Patchy Mix commented on this too, saying, Christ's sakes." So a couple things. I literally ran face first into a knee against Marlon Marais and I got face planted. Cheeto, Dom, Frankie, um, Giannis, Marab, Umar, Garbrand, the whole band and weight division could go do the same exact thing and get hit on the same exact spot from a – force of a kick like that, and I guarantee you, you are sleeping. What are we even talking about? How are you even comparing that to that's why he's been KO'd unconscious? That was a very particular event. Sequence of events that led to the KO'd unconscious. So, we gotta stop right there. It's not the same argument. It's not like we're in an exchange, and I get hit, and I'm going down. We can see that with the Jan fight. We can see that with the Pedro Munoz fight. Um... I would say Stamen, but Stamen didn't really hit me all that much. Brett Johns hit me, and that was right after the KO from all on Um, who actually landed a good shot? I think Rivera, Pedro landed a huge uppercut on me. Um, Jan hit me a lot in that first fight. The second fight he mostly kicked my legs. Um, but the, the first fight he hit me a lot to the to the head. I still kept coming forward. I don't know what we're talking about here, Cheeto. Um so let me give you guys the Cheeto saga. So I met him at the UFC retreat. Maybe it was 2015 or 2016 when the UFC was doing this, and it was at the Red Rock Casino. I hung out with him a couple of times here and there. This is when Tom Dukenwa was there, still in the UFC. Bam Bam, I think, just got into the UFC. So this is maybe 2016, 2017, something like that. So Bam Bam, Duke and Wah, um Cheeto, Brett Johns. We all took a photo together, Davey Grant. Um, Gian Vellante, Alaya Quinta, Kevin Lee. There was like there was so many different people there back then, and I met Cheeto, super cool dude. We were at the beach, and um, Vellante's trying to start a fight. He goes, "Yo, you, would you fight this guy?" I think he said, or you should fight this guy, or he wants to fight you. And I started laughing. I'm like, "Bro, I don't want to fight this guy. I have the guy just made his like debut. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I didn't say that. So I'm telling him like, bro, I never said that. Vellante just likes to start shit." So he's laughing, I'm laughing. He goes, no, bro, like, I understand, like, you know, I, I, I don't want to fight you either, but, you know, if we have to fight, you know, it's cool, there's no beef, I you know, I just want to feed my family kind of thing. Super chill. Um, I was like, yeah, of course, you know, if the if you ever, I was like, if our paths ever cross down the line, it is what it is kind of thing. Same thing it did with me, myself, and Brett Johns. We ended up fighting, right? Um, it's one of those things. And we, we hung out for, like, a couple minutes at the bar or something like that, but for us, it was at the pool and passing. Uh, cool dude, always respectful when I saw him. What's up, Cheeto? And then someone asked me about Cheeto and the Sean O'Malley fight. <laughs> what did I think of the outcome? I thought Cheeto, I said pretty much I Cheeto won the fight. I said, O'Malley got kicked in a weird place, and we've seen this happen before. Um, it was kind of a weird fluky thing that happens to people's leg. And I also said, but Cheeto threw the kick. So you can't take anything away from Cheeto. It's not Cheeto's fault that O'Malley's leg did that. That's on O'Malley. You should never move the way you did and you got yourself caught. You should have just checked it the way you should have checked it. Or you should have got your leg out of there completely. It's the fight. Any place, any day, any time, anywhere. It happened right there. It happened that place. It happened at that time. Unfortunately, you were the one that got kicked. Unfortunately, you were the one on your back. And you got elbowed to death and hammer fist to death. And you got ko And woken up and then ko again. Um he didn't like my response and started calling me, uh, F you, you're an actor, you're a fake champ and all this. And I'm just like, wow, it's crazy how you, you're like, you could be this guy and then you try to be this guy. So I'm like, which one is it? Is Cheeto like the tough, badass um, gangster that almost tries to dress like he's like a, um, West coast gangster versus like the nice guy who's super polite. I'm like, yeah, we're in the same weight class, but I'm like, but which one are you? Like, you, you're trying to be two different people. I'm like, I, I really don't give a shit which one you want to be towards me. I just don't know how I'm supposed Like, if I see you in person, then you walk past me, and then you put your hand out, and you give me, like, this death stare at the same time. You put your hand out, and you shake my hand, and you stare into my eyes. I'm like, what, do you want to feel my soul? Are you, like, searching for something? Um, are you trying to intimidate me? I'm like, I get it, bro. You fight. You fight people for a living. You know that's really cool and super badass. I mean, you're like the only person I know that ever does anything like that. You fight people. You have to be like the toughest dude on this planet, right? Because you fight people and you make mean faces and then you look at them in person and then you shake their hands. Like, I, I don't know which side of the fence you're on here, buddy. You gotta, you gotta pick one. Um, we don't gotta be best friends. You don't gotta be a dick. And uh, you can, we can be best friends, or you can be a dick. You know what I mean? So it's like, which one do you want? Uh, I don't get it. You're like, you're confusing me. I'm like, is he showing me signs that he likes me or is he showing me signs that he hates me? I really don't get it. Then you're on Twitter. I answer a question, and then he gets all butthurt, and then he goes, focus on your effing shit. You're always something. Um, you're so pathetic. And I'm going to, so I answer a question. I said, no, nah, I'm not going to fight cheat I'm going to go up in a weight. And then somehow that triggered him again. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm in his head or he doesn't actually doesn't really like me. I don't know. I really don't care. I'm just giving you guys the information. Like this is the Cheeto Al Jermaine saga. Like the Bannerweight division is getting spicy with like a lot of back and forth hate from people, and I don't hate anybody. At the end of the day, my goal has become well, has been to become a champion. Speaking of, I gotta sit down and write my new goals for 2023. Thank you guys for reminding me, even though you didn't really remind me. Um, and uh, I accomplished that. I'm sure his goal is the same. Um. But he gives these verbal jabs like... I'm like, it's cool. Like, you're trying to get the fight. You want to fight. And when we fight, we're not going to like each other. Like, okay, we're not best friends. We don't train together. I get it, bro. But what I am what I don't like and I find weird is like... in one facet of it, like, you're talking shit on the internet. But then you see me and then you're like being... Trying to be... Like, you're trying to be cool. And then you can... Now, I know he's probably going to see this. And someone's going to clip it out. And then he's going to go fuck that guy, I never tried to be cool with him, and I just shake his hand, I'm like, I, dude, it's weird, it's weird, it's like, I'm not trying, I, like, I don't know what personality, persona you're trying to portray, I, I don't get it, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand, like, dude, this is the Cheeto world, I'm just living in it, you know, I'm just partaking, you know, you can do whatever the hell you want to do, and I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want to do, so at the end of the day, again, I just, I just don't get it, so which side of the fence do you want to be on, what person do you want to be when you interact in person. Like, if you want to talk shit to me on Twitter or whatever, and then say to me in person, like, hey, I'm just breaking your balls, okay, cool. But then you're giving me, like, the death stare, and you're shaking my hand, um, or extending your hand for a handshake. I shake your hand, and then it's, like, this awkward thing, and then you're talking shit on Twitter, and I'm seeing you in person, I'm just like, does this guy hey, want to like, run up on me and hit me in the back of the head when I'm not looking with a with a chair or table? Um, does he want to go Devon Dudley? Um... Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I have no idea. But that's the Cheeto Saga with Algernon Sterling. So I hope you guys appreciate the story time. And other than that, I don't really know what else to say about him. Um, I do think eventually we will fight at some point. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But at some point, we will match it up, whether it's for a belt or it's not for a belt. So I'm realistic. You know, I know I'm not gonna be champ forever. I know I can't continue to make this weight cut forever. Last night, I weighed out after training at the PI. I weighed out at 63.8. And, and, guys, and, cramping so bad. And then, this morning, after going out last night, phenomenal time. Resorts World Hotel is one of the best hotels out here in Vegas. Uh, We had a great time. Uh, We went to this place called Fuhu for dinner. Shout out to Ron Um, Shout out to Sam for making the connections All these guys have been great and hospitable And one of the things I will say is, like, I do know people tend to like you more When you're in a certain position And I do know when I do lose the belt And I always have to think about these things Because I go, I wonder what life will be like for us You know, the day I do lose The belt Or I do retire Will the love be the same? Will the hospitality still be the same? Um, Or do people only like you because you're in a certain position or do they like you because of that? But then when they get to know you, they like you outside of that on a deeper level out under the surface of who you're shown to be in the public image, the public eye kind of thing, you know? So, um, I meet these guys and I think they're super down to earth, cool people, you know? So I kind of look at it like that. And I feel like if I vibe with you, we hang out more than once. And then it's like, those are the people I like. Um, some people I don't really want to be around, but Ron was a super nice dude. Sam has been a super cool dude. He's been taking care of me, and I offer him, like, free pad sessions, whole, whole pads for him, help him, because um, he likes the striking stuff. So, like, little things like that is, like, my way of being able to give back. I'm like, dude, you're, like, setting all these things up. It's on the arm. Um, I'm offering to pay, and it's like, no, dude. You know, so these are, like, genuinely nice people, and um, the fact that they've been able to take care of us, I mean, I'm forever grateful for it and I don't take it for granted whatsoever because uh, a lot of people probably look at me through their their perspective, their lens and see that we do all these things uh, we're going to all these fancy places and they probably think like I'm just balling out of control. <clears throat> I could do that. could say I don't need anybody and I could spend my own money but at the same time I, I'm smarter in the end goal where I, I know like the way that I make my money is very difficult. It doesn't come very often. And I know my end goal of what I'm trying to do financially, where I'm trying to save to. um, If I'm able to do those things, I'll be set for the rest of my life on just the savings that I have from the money in my account from fighting as an athlete. You know, so there is an end goal and I can't just go out there spending money like an idiot. You know, I got to be smart. Um, I, I call it, I don't say suffer now, I'm still having a great time, but it's like you sacrifice now for the greater end goal later so that when I'm an adult, a, a, a bigger adult, <laughs> when I'm more of an adult, not just doing fighting, and you know, I'm actually taking care of other things like children and things like that. I have these things set up in place where everyone will be good and taken care of for changing the cycle and the revolving door that my parents have gone through, you know? So I look at these things and I, I look at fighting as a vehicle to get to those places. So again, shout out to those guys who took care of us. We went to FUHO. Then we went to Zouk, Um The new nightclub right there. Results were all very cool places that we went to. And um, again, thanks for the hospitality, man. It's just, I don't know what else to say. It's going to be our first new year's out here in Vegas. I'm looking forward to it. I'm trying to not get stuck on the strip because I know it's going to be a circus, uh, but I plan to walk around a bit. So you guys might see me in passing. Um, be cool. Don't be like, don't be weird about the interaction. Again, I'm, I'm, you say what's up to me. You call me. I'm going to say, what's up. I'll shake your hand, dude. I'm super chill, man. I don't, I don't act weird. I just don't want people to act weird towards me. Cause then I get like this weird energy and I don't know what your intentions are. Cause people do devious things, you know? So I got to kind of make sure I'm protected and, uh, I tend to not walk around with security. My security is technically using my friends or my training partners. You know, I got their bag. They got my bag. It's kind of one of those type of things. You know, I I, I tend to want to... I'm not like a rapper. I'm not like one of these guys who's going out flashing money. I don't do shit like that. You, you want to rob a credit card? You know what I mean? So it's like... I try not to put myself in shitty situations and um, I try to analyze the situations as best as I can. And I guess that's the best way I can really put that. Um, other than that... Have a happy new year. I do want to touch on one thing. I know Molly and his coach Welch were asking um, Henry Sayudo's coach, Eddie Cha, about the matchup with me and Henry and talking about things. I do respect Welch because he was saying, like, the fact that I did lose to Molly and I was KO'd, you can tell that I am not unbeatable. And I think that's all perspective now. So had that fight not have happened like that, or had I won? Let's just say had I won. Now people don't see that side of me. They don't, it's a fascinating thing. It's like almost people think if they don't see it happening or have happened, they don't believe that it's possible, you know? And people always say it's like inspiration for kids. When you go back to the community, they see someone, um, that's grew up where they grew up and they they can achieve certain things. And, And that gave me a cool perspective. It not, it just reminded me of this, that people, sometimes they look at you And they can hold you in such high regard and think that these things cannot happen to you, but they forget that, yo, dude, we're all, literally all human beings. Like, this can happen to anybody, any place, anywhere, anytime. It just depends. Sometimes you stick around long enough, it will happen to you eventually. So, that was cool insight. That he says, like, because that has happened, it lets them know, like, hey, man, he's not untouchable, he's not invincible. He can be beaten. He has been been he has been beaten before, and um, I I tend to break things down like that because it, it makes it more real than thinking like there's no way for you to possibly lose because any one of us can lose, you know. So, um, but they they said some cool things about the matchup in terms of the length, how dangerous the ground game is. I personally, like I said, man, Henry thinks this is we're going into a straight wrestling match. And even if we did go into a straight wrestling match, I'm telling you, I don't, I really don't think he wins. Because my IQ and knowing how to use my body to stop him and keep him out of range from where he wants to be and keep me in range of where I want to be, it would be very difficult for him to deal with. Range alone on just the reach, he would need to get inside very, very close in order to attack my legs. And with that being said, I think I do a very good job of using my range. I mean, just look at the evidence, you know what I mean? So people are going to say Olympic wrestling, but you still need to get inside on a much taller, rangier, lengthy opponent, which would be myself over Henry Cejudo, what you would have to hope that I would gas out. And I'm saying like we train for a wrestling match, like a traditional wrestling match. Okay. Um, but with that being said, I li- again, I like the matchup. I like the assessment from O'Malley and Tim Welch. I know O'Malley was trying to call the shot saying, like, he doesn't want us to fight in April. He wants us to fight in March so that we can heal up and be ready to go by July. Well, Honestly, that's on him because he's the one that decided to wait. He is the number one contender that was guaranteed the title shot after winning against Jan, and he is the one that now stepped back to say, you know what, I'm going to let these guys fight first, and I'll fight the winner. So if the fight doesn't happen, guess what? Sean, it's the fight game. You're gonna to have to wait. So, um, again, if it doesn't happen in March, you're gonna to have to wait because obviously there's gonna be a little bit of a delay because people think this fight is gonna be as crazy as gonna be. We're gonna be banged up. So, unless it's a quick night, but for the most part, I would imagine that we're probably both gonna be banged up and gonna need some time to heal. So, again, you want to roll the dice that the fight doesn't ha- that the fight has to happen in March. That's on you. I'm planning for March. I'm hoping that it does happen in March. Um, I know I touched on my weight. So after weighing 63.8, um, after the workout, I did that little cheesy video to um Cheeto, just kind of like poking fun at him, saying like, come on, Cheeto, don't do not do me like that, trying to call me fat, bro. Don't fat shame me. Um, This morning, I woke up at 168.9 pounds. So yeah, I ate a lot of food. It was a lot of good food. Um, steak, rice and chicken with some beef, um, ice cream. We had a good time. We had a good time last night, I drank a little bit. Um, now I got PT session I'm about to go head to right now. I'm going to get this podcast uploaded. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. Again, shout out Boost Mobile. Once again, the Boost Mobile family, super dope for you guys bringing me on. And again, I want to make sure I remind you guys Please, please, please write down your goals. Write down the things that you accomplished this year. Write down some things about yourself that you like, some things you didn't like, some things you want to be better at, Um, some things you would like to do because life is too short. And as we've seen with so many passings, we have Anthony Rumble Johnson, we have Stephen Bonner, um, man, Kobe. Like, even, like, there's just so much things, like, that just happen in everyday life. We're all human. We all have our expiration date. Live life to the fullest. Try to do what you can, as best as you can. Try to help people, try to pay it forward. I don't know, man, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm super blessed, super fortunate. Um, glad that working hard has earned me where I am. And I do know again, that not everyone who does work hard gets to earn where they want to be in life. So I'm blessed and fortunate that I have had these luxuries. And uh, one other thing I didn't say earlier about the Jamaica trip, we are looking to possibly build a gym in grill. I wanna buy some land. I would love to have some investors to jump in on board with this. I think this was going to be a phenomenal project. It's gonna be kind of shades of Bali MMA, Tiger Muay Thai, um, AKA Thailand. Low maintenance, we want to have it like located near the beach. We want to have a nice facility with some some mats, some heavy bags, destination travel style, so you don't have to go to the other side of the country to train, you could go straight down to the Caribbean waters and still have a great vacation at the same time, have a great place to train. So guys, if you're interested, this is something I would love to do. I got the perfect Muay Thai instructor. We would have to find BJJ guys to help teach, but I think this is something that is very, very doable. And again, if you guys are interested in this, MMA in the Grill can be huge and it will also give a lot of locals down there an opportunity and the resources of places to train um, proper. You know, so if interested, definitely hit me up um, or hit up Oren and we'll coordinate um, my. Just check my bio. It has all the information there, how to email, go to my website, how to email, or like I said, hit up Oren. He's in my uh, my bio as well. You can send him a message. He'll get these messages more direct and can kind of filter through um, to make things a little bit more easier with the people that are actually serious about doing a project like this. So, again, <clears throat> I'm expecting to do a lot of big things. Um, thank you guys for being a part of this. Sorry for the long, the long wait on this. Again, have a happy new year. Hope you had a great Christmas. Thank you for the love and support and let's continue to, to do great things and hopefully there's more fights that I can jump into this year and I'm looking forward to having another successful year or, or not, you know, life happens and I'm okay with that. Life is life, but at the end of the day, it's how you handle it and that's what life's all about, so peace and love, see you guys later, stay blessed, peace.